welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness podcast series. This podcast is part one of a three-part series featuring excerpts from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 7, 2018, addressing domestic implications and opportunities of U.S. tax reform for U.S. taxpayers. The panelists for the webcast were George Manousis, a PwC tax partner focusing on accounting methods and general federal tax issues. Ann Cruz, a PwC tax partner also focusing on accounting methods. Maureen Pahachuk, a PwC tax partner focusing on state and local taxes. And Susan Lennon, a PwC tax managing director focusing on employee benefits and compensation. This excerpt consists of a discussion between George, Ann, and Maureen on corporate rate reduction and state tax implications, particularly state conformity. So without further ado, Anne, if I can hand it over to you for the big news on the corporate rate reduction. Absolutely. Thank you, George. Perhaps one of the most significant changes uh, which arose in December in connection with this tax law um, was that the top corporate tax rate was reduced from 35% to 21% for taxable years beginning after December 31st of 2017. At the same time, the corporate alternative minimum tax regime was repealed, and AMT credit carry forwards are now refundable for tax years beginning after 2017 and before 2022. These changes seem fairly simplistic to implement for companies that are calendar year related. For companies that are fiscal year, however, this change of the corporate tax rate during the year actually presents sort of a question as to what top corporate tax rate should apply depending on the particular fiscal year ending. So what we've included within this slide is an example of a company that is a June 30th tax year end. For the June 30th, 2017 tax year end, a company is subject to the former rate regime. As a consequence, the tax rate at the highest corporate rate that could be applied to that company's taxable income for that period is 35%. For the tax year that is beginning in 2017 and ending in 2018, however, Section 15 of the code requires that companies compute a blended tax rate that is applied to the total taxable income computed for that fiscal year. That blended rate is based on the number of months that are included within the fiscal year at the various statutory rate. And in this particular case, the statutory blended rate at the top corporate rate for the June 30th, 2018 year would be approximately 28%. Looking forward, for the June 30th, 2019 tax year, all of the months included within that fiscal period are at the lower regime, and as a consequence, the top corporate tax rate that would be applicable is 21%. For a lot of our clients, this information is well known, and the significance as to what it means from a tax perspective and from a business perspective at the federal level is fairly well understood. And it's easy to implement changes that are associated with driving value. But there's a lot of complications that come with those planning strategies. And in particular, in the state and local space, some of these changes from a federal perspective actually present a lot of questions and some complications at the state level. So Maureen, do you wanna maybe share with us what this change from a federal perspective means to the states? Sure, thanks, Anne. So the first thing with the tax rate, I guess just for all of us who have been doing state and local taxes for many years, we have just become 21% more important because every dollar that we save a taxpayer or every dollar that you save your company is now 21% more percent valuable to them. So that's the exciting news on the state side. From a practical perspective, I think the first thing that everybody needed, needs to do, and I'm sure many of you have already done it, 
is to look at your deferred tax situation, both your assets and your liabilities, and to make sure that you've modified them for the new net of federal benefit percentage. And that is obviously a key issue. And then just a couple of other minor points is that a, a few states still have a federal tax deduction. And so obviously those states will have less of a deduction. And then the federal AMT being eliminated, um, as we talk about state conformity next, assuming the st you know states generally on the AMT, they may or may not conform identically to the federal code. And so that needs to be looked at. There's no assurances that the state federal AMT has been gone. Great. Maureen, um, at least from the rest of us here that deal with the federal side a lot, we only have one thing to worry about, which is the federal rules. You have 50 different sets of rules. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the federal and local tax conformity to tax reform here? Yeah, the biggest issue from a state and local perspective is that this bill was signed on, you know, in, in late December. And the issue is when is it is it applicable, if at all, on the state and local side? And the states really have four different methodologies. And the first one is the rolling conformity. And these are states that, as of the effective date of the federal law, will automatically adopt the provisions. And we're going to go through what that means. But obviously, that's, in many aspects, the easiest states to deal with at this point in time because all the provisions apply. The next set of states are those states that have sort of annual conformity. And these are states that almost every, or every year will conform, but their state legislature needs to meet before they do that. And then other states are fixed state conformity, where they, they conform as of a specific date of the Internal Revenue Code. And then the other two are federal taxable income without IRC adoption and other select conformity. And the next slide shows a map of the United States. And what's important is if you look at the blue and the gray, those are states where, as of the effective date of the law change, it, it automatically applies on the state side. And so there's quite a few states, but really not many. Over half the states are non, not, not affected. And where this has become really um, important is in the toll charge, because that's what everybody has been working on to date. And in the toll charge, um, the biggest issues are you only need to deal with that applicability in the blue and the gray states. In the other states, they have not adopted the code, so the toll charge is not relevant. And so what happens, though, as many people are doing this sophisticated modeling, they really want to know where do you really think you're going to end up. And so many people think the annual conformity, the blue states, and, and many of the red states will eventually conform. And you may want, and you definitely may want to model that assuming conformity, but for purposes of the provision, you cannot assume conformity until the legislature meets. And so with the toll charge, the other significant issue with the toll charge is whether or not under the subpart F provisions, the states adopt, are going to allow a, a subtraction for that subpart F income, because they may or may not have an additional subtraction after they conform for dividends and subpart F income. The last thing I would like to talk about on this slide is even in those states that are not blue, light blue and gray, you do have to deal with all of the states assuming you are bringing actual cash back or you're taking your APB 23 assertion off on any of, your, of the countries, on a portion or all. Because if you're going to do that, 
then in every state, you'd have to figure out the implications of an as-if dividend if you're taking a, off your APB 23 assertion or if you're making an actual dividend based on the actual dividends that you've received. So those are that's really important not to intermingle those two things, you know, that the blue and the gray are the states that adopt it and you have to deal with it, but you have to deal with all states to the extent you're taking APB 23 assertions off or to the extent of actual cash dividends. Maureen, quick question. On, on the bottom right is, is the boxes you were talking about. So it's really the third, fourth, and fifth box that need special action to conform, right? Yes. Have we had, how long would you expect those states to take to conform? Have we had states that have already announced they're conforming? There's many states talking about it. Minnesota's, many of the legislatures are meeting, you know, right now, right, or they're going to be meeting very sh shortly. And so, and yes, many of the Department of Revenues have passed, are having conversations with taxpayers. We do anticipate it's more critical than ever that we keep up on the legislation because each quarter, right, when the new financial statements are issued, at, at, at any of your quarters, there will be modifications based on the state legislative changes gotcha. this year. Great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you in the future. Take care.